Here on ESPN 1000. You can also check us out 100.3 HD2. Take us on the go with the ESPN Chicago app. And of course, watch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Tyler Rocky sitting in for the guys tonight until 8 o'clock. They were in for Greeny earlier today from 10 to noon. You miss any of that? Check it out on the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get the Black and Abdallah podcast. We've got a lot to do today. I feel like I have the meat sweats after that, that last hour with Waddle and Sylvie there talking all things about the, the ribs on the plane. Um, over the weekend, the, we had the NBA All-Star game. And I'm going to say for the first time in my life, I did not consume any of All-Star Saturday. It's the first time in uh, since I've been a sports fan that I can remember not consuming any of All-Star Saturday. No dunk contest, no three-point contest. It just didn't really pique my interest this year. Uh, I was out hanging out with some friends during the day. Some other things were, were uh, consuming uh, my time and, and energy at the time. And you know what? I didn't feel like I really missed it either. I was content with not having watched the dunk contest for the first time that I can remember, not watching the three-point contest for the first time that I can remember. And while I did watch the All-Star game, I wasn't actively watching the All-Star game this year. And I think this is sort of the problem that we are reaching now with All-Star games in general. They're not catered to everybody. I get that. They are mostly for kids. They are mostly to try to bring young eyeballs to the screen. It's cool, right, to see people go out and, and dunk. It's cool to see people go on a catch a heater from three-point land as well, right? All that stuff is good and well. But for me, this was the first time I didn't watch any of it, and I didn't feel like I missed anything. I know Mac McClung, quote-unquote, saved the dunk contest. I mean, have we ever had a dunk contest in recent memory where whoever won didn't, quote-unquote, save the dunk contest? I, I can't remember the last time we had a dunk contest without that. But I get that... I'm not necessarily the demographic, and really anyone that you're going to hear talk on this station is probably not the the demographic, quote-unquote, for the the NBA All-Star festivities. But I will say this. I do think that there is ways that it can be improved. And here's my number one qualm with NBA All-Star, not necessarily the All-Star weekend, but the All-Star game in general. You know, we see all the time in the summer, right? We see these guys going back and forth at it. There's some videographer in some closed-off gym right around L.A., and he's filming a run going on between 10 NBA guys, 10, 12 NBA guys, maybe with a sub in there, right? Five on five, full full speed. These guys are going after each other. Like, remember this a couple years ago when Devin Booker was playing a game that also featured Joe Kim Noah? And Joakim Noah came and showed a double, a double team on Devin Booker. And Devin Booker took offense to it and said, this is a, an open run. Like, what are we doing doubling guys here? That's not what we're supposed to be doing in a, in a pickup game. 
And Joakim was just kind of like, what are you talking about? And, and pretty much everyone else in the gym had Joakim's back that we're playing basketball. We're playing out here to win. So why do these guys go out and play to win in the summer circuits, whether it's the Drew League or any sort of I, – I know there's been a league in Chicago before as well. Why are these guys going all out in some of these other games, these scrimmages, these games that don't mean anything? But when we get to an all-star game, which still doesn't mean anything, but when we get to an all-star game, when there's millions of people watching – Millions of dollars that are being poured into this event. When all of that is culminated here, why is that when we take our foot and put it on the brakes in terms of effort? That's what I don't get. Everyone's sort of throwing up these three-pointers from half court. And listen, it's cool when it goes in. Like, Don't get me wrong, but it would be cool if it was something that you were doing in front of contested defense. Like, you know, every single college, and I think a lot of pro practices, always conclude with guys shooting a half-court shot. The, the, the practice does not end until you hit a half-court shot to close things out, right? That's how it goes in, the, in, in basketball when you're finishing up a practice. So it's not that impressive because you usually don't even get through the line before practice is cut. So for an NBA guy who is made a living out of shooting baskets and and especially in the modern era as well where everyone can can shoot the basketball hitting, hitting the half court shot uncontested really isn't that appealing or impressive to me anymore right and the other thing with the dunk contest too is that i get that it is nostalgia for some watching the dunk contest a lot of people love watching the the dunk contest because of that's what basketball used to be right it used to be these big dunks down low it used to be guys going to the rim and dunking and posterizing guys that's not really the game anymore sure you see your highlight dunks every once in a while but right now it's a shooter's league and i think we should be doing more to celebrate shooting and i think one and yes you do that to a certain extent with the three-point contest. But I think one of the better ways to do it would be incorporating a, a big game of horse or pig. I think that would be much more entertaining or turn it into a dunk contest-style shot or dunk contest-style format, but do it for shooting where, all right, this is the shot I'm going to pull off here. I'm going to go sky hook from half court, and I'm going to have 24 seconds to get a shot off and make a shot. And I think that would be much more entertaining because that's what we watch now as basketball fans. We look for guys to put the ball in the hoop, and we look for them to do it from deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's where we're at right now as a collective watching the, the sport of basketball. The dunk contest is not something that is as intriguing to people anymore and i would like to see it change i'd like to see more shooting oriented contests incorporated into the all-star game three one two three three two three seven seven six did you watch the dunk contest and if you missed it do you care that you missed it did you miss the three-point contest and if you did was it a big deal did you even try to to consume it after the fact i'm gonna be honest 
I I've had Sports Center on loosely in the background here. So like that is the extent of what I've seen from Mac McClung. I haven't even sought out his highlights on Twitter, on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. I haven't I haven't looked for any of it because quite frankly, it didn't captivate any of my attention. I didn't really care that I missed any of it. I've seen a couple on Sports Center here just because it's been on the television screen in our studios here on State Street, but Outside of that, I have not seen anything from All-Star Weekend on the All-Star Saturday. I was intrigued with McClung Mm -hmm. only because I wanted to see if they were going to put him in an actual 76ers uniform or like his G League uniform. Right. right. So I I didn't know that he had signed a two-day contract or whatever. The the two-way. Yeah. And listen, I'm actually – I'm a Mac McClung fan. I loved watching him in college when he was at Georgetown, when he was at Texas Tech as well. I thought he was a lot of fun to watch, and th- there used to be this thing with him that there was this rumor going around that he was Riff Raff's cousin, too, and all of a sudden, like, this became something out of nowhere, and people were like, oh, like, this is Riff Raff's cousin that's doing all this dunking in games and in, in, on uh, YouTube highlight reels, and then he was asked about it, and he's like, uh, no, I'm not Riff Raff's cousin. Don't know how that came about, but if you want to say it, sure, go for it. Um, but no, he is not, uh, he is not Riff Raff's cousin. We will confirm that right here for you. Um, but I, I am intrigued by Mac McClung in a dunk contest style format, but it wasn't enough. When you look at the rest of the field for the dunk contest, everything about all-star weekend was unserious dunk contest, three point contest, maybe a little bit. Um, but you look at the, all the other festivities that go into it, everything felt unserious. And for me, the, the part that I liked the most out of all-star weekend was actually the draft. I know some people aren't a fan of how long the draft took, but listen, anyone who's ever done a draft before, which is a lot of people, quite frankly, because of how many people have played fantasy football, anyone that's ever done a draft ever knows there's no such thing as a quick draft, right? Like the the fact that maybe you could have taken out some of the editorial from Ernie and the the pressing uh, uh, after each pick of some of the questions there. Sure, you could have done a little bit of that. But overall, I actually was intrigued by the draft because I think it kind of gives you a glimpse into how do stars in the league view other stars, right? Like how does – and I was, I was honestly surprised with who the first overall pick was. I, I thought you would see the first overall pick be someone like Luka Doncic, maybe even a Jason Tatum. But it was Joel Embiid, and I think it kind of goes to show the respect that Embiid has in the league. Not to say that I, I was shocked that he had respect. I just didn't think it would be he had the most respect out of any of the other all-star guys out there. And we kind of heard it, too, after the game when Mike Malone's talking about how the game's a, a joke, it's it's not a serious basketball game and all that. He did say one of the guys that was taking it seriously was Joel Embiid, and he was trying to get other people to take it seriously. But until that time comes... The All-Star Game, not for me, and I don't think it's going to be for a lot of other people as well. I was much more content going out, hanging out with some friends over on Saturday night. Even though there was a TV at the place I was at, I didn't see anybody request to put the dunk contest on. I don't think anybody really cared that much. I, like, I saw my phone buzz and say, oh yeah, Mac McClung won the dunk contest. Damian Lillard won the three-point contest. Sure. But I didn't ever feel the need 
to turn it on. But did you? 312-332-3776. And is there any way to get you back to the television for All-Star Weekend? I think largely All-Star Weekends have sort of jumped the shark for me a little bit. I I don't I, I never really watched the Pro Bowl. I, I'm not a hockey fan, so I never watched the NHL All-Star Game. I did watch, and, and I still do watch the MLB All-Star Game, and I still like the Home Run Derby as well. I, I do like it, too, with the the format of the way that it is now with the bracket style and the time style. And I think it's fun to gamble on as well. Like I, I made it known. Like I, I gambled on the All-Star Game yesterday. It made no sense to me that... Team Giannis, who had not drafted a roster yet, was an underdog against Team LeBron. It didn't make any sense to me there. But I still did it anyway, just because, like, who cares? You throw a couple bucks down, maybe you give yourself a little more investment there. But to me, it did not matter. Um, it, it did not necessarily change my level of interest in the game. It wasn't like I was I was throwing down big money either for me to care. Like, it was not enough money for me to to actually turn the television on. But... Can the NBA or any league get you back to the All-Star game? 312-332-3776. Because I'm out. I'm done. I think I, I may, I'm i not going to say I've watched my last dunk contest or last three-point contest, but it, it's going to take some names to get me back into it there. 312-332-3776. Andrew's in Bartlett. What's going on, Andrew? Hello, Andrew. Going once. Oh. We have, I think we have a pulse here. Andrew. Hello. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. Oh, you're not I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. I was really just in the bathroom at the gas station. I'm sorry, my man. <laughs> oh, good. I, that, you know, that sound did sound like the when you're exiting a gas station, the little bell that sounds when you're leaving like a 7-Eleven or something. My guy, I literally apologize. No, you're good. You're good. What you got for us tonight? Awesome. All right, my man. Um, So I know you're like, you know, you're the college hoops expert at the station, you know, right? I try. I try. Yeah. All right, all right. I like it. You know, I, I prefer to watch it over NBA hoops as well, even though I love the pro hoops. I just, mm-hmm. I love the, the passion that the boys give, you know, and I think you feel the same. But um, nonetheless, I just had a question about uh, Northwestern hoops. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they're second in the Big Ten right now. They've been kind of riding under the radar the whole way. I mean, they're, they finally entered the top 25 today. Mm-hmm. Still uh, behind Indiana. Um, even though they beat them twice and they have a better conference record, but that's besides the point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just curious, like, I mean, what was your honest opinion, like honest opinion about them um, as a team that, you know, is not really a team that's known to, you know, do damage in uh, tournament or even NIT play because they've never really been there. Uh, I mean, I think they're an impressive team. You know, they play good defense. They got some good shooting, two good gar- uh, guards in Chase Audige and Bubui. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your honest opinion, my man? I'm a big fan, by the way. Uh, I'll hang up and I'll hear your thoughts. Have a great night, my man. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Andrew. So here's my thing with Northwestern basketball this season. I was not impressed by them until their recent stretch of, of three wins here that they put together. They really hadn't done anything overly impressive and had had some breaks go their way to get to this point where they're at right now. But the early portions of their season – the two teams that were actually good that they played, they had lost to. And they, had, especially against Pitt, they lost badly to. That was on their home floor where they lost by almost 30 points there. Um, and then they got into the meat of Big Ten play. And it was, I mean, they were hovering around 500. But then you lose to, to Rutgers, you lose to Michigan. And I thought to myself, uh, okay, this is where Northwestern really starts to turn around. Then after that, they had a three-game stretch 
um, where they didn't play anyone impressive or notable. And they came away with convincing wins in most of those games. But this where this recent three-game stretch where they beat Purdue, they beat Indiana, and they beat Iowa is impressive to me. Now, here's the one thing about that. We know how important home court advantage is in college basketball. And all three of these games have come at home where they've done their damage as of late. They close out the season with three of four on the road, and they are three pretty difficult places to play. At Illinois, at Maryland, then they're home against Penn State, and then they're at Rutgers. According to Ken Palm right now, they are projected to lose three of their final four games going into the Big Ten tournament. And quite frankly, I agree with Ken Palm right now. I do think Illinois will lose three of their last four games, maybe even all four of their games to close out the season. But at the same time, I cannot take away what they've done so far, especially in this three-game stretch. It's been super impressive. They're a resilient group, and they're very, very good on defense. Now, the defense has slipped up a little bit as of late in terms of their metrics. They used to be a top 10 defense. Now they're sitting at 20. But overall, I I do think that this Northwestern team, they're a lock to get into the tournament at this point. And I do think that they are going to be a top eight seed when it's all said and done, because I do think they'll win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament, especially with it being here in Chicago as well. 312-332-3776. You got thoughts on the All-Star game? We'll take that coming up next. Tyler Rocky sitting in for Bleck and Abdallah. This is Chicago's home for sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Tonight on ESPN 1000, check out the Black and Abdallah podcast. They were in for Greeny today from 10 to noon right here on ESPN 1000. They'll also be back Wednesday and Thursday in for Greeny from 10 to noon. So be sure to check all that out live and local all day here on ESPN 1000. Talking some All-Star game with you here, 312-332-3776. I didn't watch any of All-Star Saturday, and I don't have any FOMO from it. It's something that has be, sort of become ingrained in me that I would never even think of missing All-Star Saturday. And if I did, something extremely drastic would have to kind of supersede it. But for me, missed it, didn't care. And I don't think I'm alone in that sentiment either because when you look at the lineup that was in the dunk contest, nothing that really got you super excited for it. Uh, listen, the... The lineup for the three-point contest was pretty good, but the dunk contest, that's supposed to be the quote-unquote marquee event. I think it may be time to flip those because the three-point contest certainly has been more entertaining over the last couple of years. Robert is on the south side. What's going on, Robert? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. What you got tonight? Okay. I'm, I'm 52 years old. I'm an old schooler, and mm-hmm. what bothers me 
with the All-Star game is I I was okay, if you all can remember, I don't know how you, you young men are, but I remember when the fans voted for a starting point guard, mm-hmm. a starting shooting guard, oh, don't. a small forward, I, small forward in the center. You know, Robert, you got me feeling nostalgic right now because I remember the days of walking into the United Center and you get the little punch cards, right? Yes, yes, and you're, yes. You're punching yes. them out and you're putting your yes. ballot in. Yes, and then the coaches, not not the fans and the players, the coaches were the ones to pick the worthy reserves. Right. And back then, those guys wanted to compete against each other. Let me tell you what has happened. AAU basketball agents and things like that is like drugs. It has become a pandemic in the NBA where the players now are abusing power. If it's not broke, don't fix it. There was nothing wrong with the format with the all-star thing was set up. This with the players picking players, that's nothing but friendship and favoritism. I think it sucks. I, I think as of today, I am boycotting. All-Star Weekend. Oh, I'd rather look at old, the flag. old clips up. Yes, I'd rather look at college basketball or high school basketball. I mean, this is an embarrassment. I mean, this is worse than load management. I enjoy you all show. I ask that you all continue to put on great shows. And I'm going to sit back and listen to you guys. And I hope you all stay safe. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Robert. Don't boycott this show, all right? No way. All right, we appreciate it. Robert on the south side, 312-332-3776. And then that's that's my biggest issue with the All-Star game. Listen, I get it, all right? These guys don't want to try, all right? They're going to go out there. They're going to, as Jalen Brown called it, glorified layup line for, for 48 minutes, right? Is what it is. But why is it okay to not try in this, but then you go on a, a summer run out in a random gym in, in Los Angeles and you're going full throttle there. That's what I don't understand. I, I I think that, or listen, I would love to to see a televised version of what's going on in some of these open gym runs out west. I think that would be fascinating. But right now, that's the that's the the nature of of the NBA All Star Game is you're not going to get full on efforts from anybody out there in those games. You get a couple, but it's it's really tough to watch, and it has not been good for quite some time now. 312-332-3776. Andrew, Gray's Lake, what's going on? Hey, yeah. Thanks for taking my call. Um, so the one thing I wanted to say was that I think the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is the pinnacle of All-Star Games because you can't take the effort. Someone has to throw the ball hard. Someone's got to hit the ball hard. Um, and you can't you can't fake that. Everything else you can fake effort with. Um, and then also the Major League Baseball game has got a it's got a great spot in the schedule because there was a trivia question I learned a long time ago that the only all the only two days of the year where the four major sports don't play are the day before and the day after the All Star. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and additionally, you know they're doing some pretty cool stuff like miking up Liam Hendricks. That was that was like the best part of the All Star game this past year, man. When he was talking trash, that was. <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah, I think you're right, Andrew. The, it, you can't fake effort in baseball. And, and I think you're right that baseball, while I, I think they have the best all-star game right now and like all-star sort of week and festivities surrounding it, but basketball has the potential to have the best 
because of everything that's involved with the dunk contest. You know, the skills competition used to be one of my favorites, too, back in the day. Um, the, the dunk contest, the three-point contest, all of the all-star festivities there, and then the actual game itself. It used to have the, the best, it, it has the best potential to be the best out of it, out of everything. But baseball's actually been the, the sport that's done the best. I think, at actually executing the plan and even some of the tweaks that they've made, I've actually really enjoyed, including what we've seen with the home run derby. So I'll forever think that with baseball until basketball maybe figures something out. I do think basketball has the highest ceiling in terms of making a good product for All-Star Weekend. Kevin's in Homewood. What's up, Kevin? Hi. Yeah, thanks for letting me uh, call in here. And I'm on the road, so hopefully the Bluetooth sounds okay. Sounds Um, loud and clear. Good. I have to. I have to say real quick. You said glorify layup line, and I heard the Pearl Jam glorify G in there, so that was a good, <laughs> good little tidbit. Um, Unintentional. So, oh, I liked it. Um, so I, I'm 41, and I began watching basketball in 90, 1990, 91. So I got to see the best of the Bulls years and the mm-hmm. and the All Star games. And the thing that's really changed the most is when they went away from the East West format, and they've continually gotten away from the rivalries. And the, and as the first caller, Robert, I think it was said, they they used to you know care about who was playing who because the coaches picked them and the players were picked on their position. You had a real basketball game format, and now it, it, it is totally watered down to just being friendships and the mar- marketing. They're marketing who's friends with who to the point where they don't even have East or West on their jerseys anymore. And you don't know what team is who. So I, I guess where I'm going with this. I mean, the game was supposed to start, I think, at 5.30. I have an 8-year-old child, and I'm trying to get her to enjoy basketball. Mm-hmm. The game didn't start for an hour after that, and then they went through the draft. Then they, you know, they had the quarters broken up. Then there's another 45-minute halftime, and it was bedtime by the beginning of the third quarter. So if I'm that child or that family that has a kid that wants to get into basketball and remember, hey, remember that classic basketball all-star game? They ain't, that's not going to happen because they don't care enough about the game. They care about marketing the NBA. So I really feel that they could probably try, if they want to get back to the core of the game being competitive, go back to East and West, okay? And I actually like the format of the rookie game or the um, the Rising Stars where they have, uh, short games where they have to go up to like maybe 20 points mm-hmm. and that they have a number of teams. And then that way everybody plays instead of this, like, you know, okay, the guy's on the team, but he doesn't play at all. If they have smaller tournament games and I might get shot for saying this, I think half court games would be perfect because no one runs up the full court anymore. But if they played half court games, everyone has to be in position to defend on the play. So that's kind of like a few of the ideas I think that might help. But yeah, otherwise, Kevin, uh, you bring up the and appreciate the phone call there. You know, Kevin brings up the point about the the East versus West. That that really doesn't bother me that much, actually. I know that's something that a lot of people uh, miss, but I, basketball rivalries, I think, have largely died. I, I don't think there's much to the rivalry aspect of basketball anymore. I think rivalries honestly feel very collegiate, and I think to a degree reside in baseball still sure there's a little bit in the nfl but i mean i don't feel the same level of animosity in basketball and 
even in baseball as I see in collegiate sports. I think that's really the the home of the last great rivalries in all of sports right now. Talking All-Star Game with you, 312-332-3776. What's it going to take for you to be fully invested into watching one of these things moving forward? 312-332-3776. We'll get to more of your calls. Tyler Rocky sitting in for Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. I'd like you to meet someone who's really special. It's Black and Abdallah. A real inspiration. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. First non-football weekend in the books. I still found plenty of entertainment, actually. Uh, there was some great college basketball on. There was some great golf on as well. Now, listen, I don't want that to be every weekend. But it was still I, I thought it, it was still fun to, to watch some other things. We did have the NBA All-Star Game, which did not amuse me from over the weekend. But I was still locked into the actual game itself. But I didn't watch any of the All-Star Saturday festivities. I want to know if you did. 312-332-3776. Brandon in Naperville. What's going on, Brandon? Yo, yo, Tyler. What's up, man? Not much. What you got for us tonight? Hey, uh, yeah. So as far as the All-Star game piece goes, uh, and then you talked about something else I wanted to get your thoughts on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's. Uh, I think we're just at the point now where the brands of these guys are too big, right? And they need to protect. So you don't want to be crossed up or get posterized, and then you end up as a talking point or a meme for, right. you know. It's the, Guys they, make the business K- decisions out there, right? Yeah, they, the, the KDification, I guess, if you will, of, uh, of, of the league. Um, but, yeah, and then the other thing you touched on, the first weekend without football, I mean, I think uh, I think your network had an XFL, man. If, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in all seriousness, in like the, the two – like the two minutes i gave it at a at a bar that i was at mm-hmm. what do you think about the um isn't it where they have like one two and three point extra point attempts or something like that i, I don't really know all the rules so i can't speak about it like i'm an expert but it did seem interesting at a point where i would say nine and a half times out of ten a field goal attempt is some you know people are not paying attention to the game but mm-hmm. it may make it more interesting in this case of like there's actual football being played for an extra point I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, so um, I didn't watch any of the XFL this weekend. Like I, I may have seen it on TV, but I wasn't paying any attention to it. But I do yeah. believe I know what you're talking about with the the extra points there, because the XFL or the USFL or some other league, they brought out these these extra point rules, and I re- I'm trying to remember the exact rules that they were, but it was something along the lines of a. You can go for one, which is I can't remember if you kicked it's, or maybe it's from the one yard so line. So at the at the two yard line, you you get one point. If you go at the five yard line, you get two points, and then at the ten yard ten. line is three. Right. Okay. So here's my thing. I don't see the need. Like we as football fans are conditioned that nine points is a two possession game, and I think it should be a two possession game. Like we can't just create drama for the sake of creating drama. All right. The entirety and the outcome of a game shouldn't come down to whether or not you can get 10 yards in one play. You shouldn't be able to get nine points just because you can get 10 yards in one play. 
I yep. think that that's kind of silly, and you're just kind of extending games. I think reward the team that's been dominant throughout the course of the game. And if you're that's up by, by two possessions, you're up by two possessions. I don't think we should mess with that. Yeah, that's fair. I just uh, I would not be surprised if you saw the NFL try to take maybe not you know some of the more ridiculous things, maybe not, but like mm-hmm. uh, I just wouldn't be surprised because I think there if the uh, the public outcry, whether it be for officiating or, or whatever, right? NFL is still going to be king, but that doesn't mean that they can remain stagnant with their product. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, start to incorporate some of these little more gimmicky things to, I mean, you know, who wouldn't want to see from the everyday fan standpoint, who wouldn't want to see an extra, uh, perhaps Patrick Mahomes extra possession, even if it is for an extra point. Yeah. No, listen, I, I, I get that. And I understand that. And I know the league wants to always see its stars on the field at all times. You know, you bring up uh, the NFL, things getting stagnant and stuff like that. That is actually something that I do want to bring up a little bit later on in the show, so I will do that. Uh, Something I watched this weekend and something that actually Theo Epstein kind of commented on when he was on with Cap'n J. Hood earlier today. But thank you for the call, Brandon. Appreciate it. You have a good night. All right. Thanks, Al. You too. That's Brandon in Naperville. Seth's on on the north side. What's going on, Seth? What's going on, man? I just got a quick question. Uh, can you sort of explain to me what the Bulls are doing adding Patrick Beverly? I know it's a small move, but you know, for a team that has zero wing depth, they have Io, Kobe White, and Goran Dragic at the point guard. Um, you know, this move just seems to make no sense. I, I'm not sure where he really fits in. You know, for a team that's sort of on the borderline of making the playoffs or not, does he really put them over the top? And, you know, if this team's out of the playoffs, you know, does this? prevent Dale and Terry from getting minutes. It just it just makes zero sense to me. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So I, I kind of look at this, and Seth, I, listen, I'm not a fan of the move. I don't know what you're co- accomplishing here. It's kind of been what a lot of moves we've seen this Bulls front office make over their tenure since taking over for Garden Packs, but I I think it's a lot of running in place here, which which is kind of funny because that's that's kind of what Pat Bev is, right? Like, it's the old John Wooden, yeah. don't excuse activity for accomplishment. That's what I see a lot of when I, I look at Pat Bev out there. Um, but with Patrick Beverly, I think there's one thing that maybe he can provide, and maybe it, it's not going to bear fruit this year, but maybe it will in the future. But it could give this team a little shot in the ass of, this is what effort looks like, because we haven't seen a, a lot of that in a lot of these Bulls games as of late. Because Patrick Beverly only has one gear, and that's go. That's full drive. That's the only thing he has in his arsenal. He doesn't know how to tone it back at all. And I think that may be good for some of the younger guys to see. And I think Dalen Terry's kind of got a similar motor. That's what he was like in college. That seems what he's kind of like so far in his limited NBA minutes so far. But in terms of do I think this is going to be something that vaults the Bulls into the playoffs? Probably not, but I do think it it makes them a team that maybe plays with a little more effort and intensity, but I don't think effort and intensity is going to ultimately be what wins this team a a playoff game or or even gets them through the play-in round. I think ultimately this move is detrimental for the Bulls, and and that's for better or for worse. Whether he does come in and make a positive impact, I don't think it's a move that's good enough to let them make any sort of playoff run. And if it's if it's for worse, I I again that kind of 
lays itself out with some of the results that I'm guessing we're going to see coming up. But I think it's a it's an odd move. I think it's just sort of a running in place move for this Bulls team right now. Yeah, it just it just feels kind of sad that for you know one of two teams that didn't make a move at the deadline, you know, adds a free agent and Patrick Beverly, and they could sort of sell their fan base that they, they made a move. I'd rather than be you know all in and go out and get a couple players or you know ship the guys off and rebuild. But it just feels like this the stagnant team that this this product that's out there um, just pretty much like you said ran in place. So thanks for that. I'll uh, I'll hang up. Yeah, thanks for the call, Seth. Appreciate it. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Again, if you missed the news today, Patrick Beverly finalizing a deal with the Chicago Bulls for the remainder of the season. That's according to Woj and Shams. So Patrick Beverly, hometown kid, looks like he's coming back. Um, listen, I, if this was a, a contending Bulls team in, in years past, I would have liked to see Patrick Beverly on the Bulls in, in the one of these past couple of years, especially last season. See someone a little more defensive-minded at the top, high-energy, high-effort guy. Someone that can be sort of a like a almost like an enforcer type out there as well, not afraid to of any sort of challenge out there. I don't. I think this Bulls team could have used some of that. I'm just at the point now with the Bulls where I'm looking more for losses than I am for wins. If you're the Chicago Bulls, because I think there is a there is a chance you could retain your pick for this year's draft and actually find something that will help you build towards the future. Right now, if you look at the the standings. For the entirety of the league, the Bulls would be drafting seventh today, but they are two games away from being in the fifth spot, which would give them a 42% chance of landing in the top four, which is where the protections on their pick that they sent to the Orlando Magic are for this upcoming draft. And if you have a 42% chance with the way that this Bulls season has gone, Having a 42% chance at building something positive for the future seems unbelievably positive. Unbelievably positive. And that's something that intrigues me. So that's why I'm kind of looking for more losses than wins from this Bulls team the rest of the way. They get back in action on Friday against the Brooklyn Nets. 312-332-3776. If you want to talk basketball with us here, All-Star Game, anything on your mind, we're here for you. 312-332-3776. Joe's in Oak Forest. What's going on, Joe? Hey, what's going on? So I kind of got like a little tidbit on each part of the um, All-Star Weekend. But my main thing is this. It's the dunk contest. And the dunk contest was always like a thing to me where it was like the stars came out, you know. Mm-hmm. And now it's, I mean, I, Mac McCall, he he's good. And I mean, but it, it's kind of weird. Like the guy's a G League, a G League player. I followed him throughout his career. Like the kid's He's an internet dunker, here. which is fine. He, he has he has great dunks. But if you're doing that, and if you're doing it at that level, like I watch dunk contests throughout the year, and it keeps my like basketball hopes alive. And there's some guys that don't even play. They're like street ballers. And like, I mean, like one name is like Jordan Kilk, uh, the Jordan Kilkannon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the guy is insane. If you're right. going to put a G leaguer in, bring some actual guys that will actually put dunks down. Cause I mean, what, what do the fans actually want to see? Imagine if it was like, to me, like when LeBron shot down going to the dunk contest, it kind of like ruined it. Because then they just were like trying to find people, right? So like, but imagine if it was like LeBron at his age now with like Giannis and 
Um, uh, the dude from the Grizzlies, what's his name? John Morant. Okay. Yeah, John, like John Morant. And he already says that he won't do one. If Zion, Imagine if it was Zion Williamson and John Morant. In the mm-hmm. finals, that would be like Jordan Dominique level type dunk contest. Yeah, you know and I'm what I'm there. saying. Hey, listen, if, they, if that's what even, it is, I'm there. But I'm even watching. with like, even with some of the other stuff, I know you said like with the three point contest this year. To me, it was garbage. It was like you you had Randall out there. He's he's just throw. He's chucking up shots like he's like a tenth like he's like a in tenth grade. And his son's crying in the crowd because he can't hit a shot. He's just brick <laughs> after brick. And then, I mean, even even with the skills challenge, like you got the, the guys are the guy didn't even have basketball shorts on. He's wearing like tights, and he's just chucking things left and right. And he just comes up, and it no one cares. Like if you're gonna do it like that, put some guys in there that will actually make it interesting, because. Mac McClung, yeah, that's cool. Because guess what? He's gonna be he's gonna be relevant for this year and maybe next year. Then what are you gonna do? Yeah, no, it's a it's a fair fair point, Joe. Appreciate the phone call. So here's the thing about the dunk contest. You look Pat through some of the history. The last time that a significant NBA player won the dunk contest, you go to 2018, where you find Donovan Mitchell. It's been five years. And some people are going to point to, oh, Anthony Simons in 2021. Anthony Simons wasn't much of a known commodity at the time when he was out there in that participating in that dunk contest. The last time we've seen someone who's a legitimate player in the NBA win a dunk contest, you got to go back to 2018, which is now five years ago. Pretty upsetting when you look at the history. I mean, Hamadou Diallo, and this is since then, Hamadou Diallo, Derek Jones Jr., Anthony Simons, Obi Toppin, and then this year, Mac McClung. And this year, I mean, really the last two years, they haven't even really tried with the contestants. Actually, let's, let's stretch it back three years here. Haven't really even tried with the contestants. You got a lot of role players that a lot of people haven't heard of going through and, and being part of, this, of these dunk contests. In fact, you look at... Some of these, some of the last, last two dunk contests, the most famous people in those dunk contests or like around those dunk contests are guys whose dads are more famous. Like you look last year, Cole Anthony and his father, Greg Anthony. And then this year, Kenyon Martin Jr. and his father, Kenyon Martin. Like those guys, their dads are more famous than anyone else that have been in these dunk contests the last three years. 312-332-3776. You want to talk hoops with us? Tyler Rocky in for Black and Abdallah. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter at Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. Song of the night for you in just a little bit here on Black and Abdallah. Tyler Rocky sitting in for the guys. They missed tonight's show because they were in for Greeny earlier today, 10 to noon. If you miss any of that, be sure to check out the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Hey, 
Don't forget, we've got the biggest party of the year, the ESPN 1000 25th anniversary celebration. You don't want to miss it. Tickets are going to sell out. It is March 24th, Friday, March 24th at the House of Blues. You can go to LiveNation.com, search ESPN Chicago. You must be 21 and older with a valid ID to get into the venue. Here's who's scheduled to appear for this. First of all, we've got a reunion of Mac, Yurko, and Harry. The Mac, Yurko, and Harry show is scheduled to be relaunched for an hour during the the Carmen and Yurko slot from 12 to 2. Plus, on top of that, also scheduled to appear, you've got Jay Cutler, Robbie Gold, Eddie Olchek, Mark Greco, Jordan and Shea Cornette, Sarah Spain, Nick Friedel, Luke Canellis, Fred Hubner, Ray Flores, and more to come as well. So be sure to get your tickets because that is going to sell out. Cannot wait for the 25th anniversary. As someone who's listened to the station before I started working here, and I've listened ever since I was back in fourth grade, I'm really excited for some of the history and nostalgia to hit for this great station on March 24th. House of Blues, LiveNation.com. Just search ESPN Chicago. Time for the song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Tonight's song... We go to 2021. Olivia Rodrigo. Good for you. Is your song of the night? Star-studded uh, birthday list today. Could have gone with Rihanna, but I chose to go with Olivia Rodrigo instead. I- I've done a lot of Rihanna lately for Song of the Night, so we're gonna let like that I'm, breathe a little bit. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to take a little Rihanna hiatus here on Song of the Night. I see she's twenty years old. Twenty years old. So that would mean if this came out in twenty twenty one, she was eighteen. Eighteen. Well, okay. So she's from the generation, not generation. She's one of the the Disney actors turned. Uh, Musicians, and I feel like that's right in our era, Jake, because we grew up seeing like Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, like all of these different Disney movies and TV shows, and they turned into like their careers now are more for what they've done musically than anything they did acting wise. Well, I remember Selena Gomez because I was a Gomez huge as well. Selena Gomez Wizards fan. Wizards of Waverly Place. Yes. Yeah. And then Alex, right? I, I yep. think there was like an interview she did uh, where she was like, oh my God, kids are forgetting me. This was like a couple years ago. And she's like, kids are forgetting me and I'm getting old because they don't know me from Wizards of Waverly Place anymore. That's, yeah. You know, like for you and I, we remember the Wizards of Waverly Place days. We remember the Hannah Montana days, Camp Rock, all that stuff. But now, now it's like, oh, Selena Gomez is more of a singer. There, there was an Apple TV 
documentary on Selena Gomez that I've been meaning to get to as well. And I'm sure it dives into some of that. But it's, it's yeah, they, they're not remembered for, for that. They're more remembered for the music that they make now as opposed to any of the acting that they did, which was kind of their launch pad. And I get, like, in a lot of the shows, they are portrayed as musicians, but still interesting. Especially, too, you got to build off of Disney, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's an easy route to go launch after. Launch pad. Yeah. Yep. Good for you. Your song of the night. Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. We'll be back in two minutes. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago.